grace, mercy, and the peace of our God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be and abide with us all this day. Amen. This morning we continue the series we began a couple of weeks ago about the road to recovery. Started this thinking that we were on the road to everything being normal, everything being recovered and open again and getting back to normal. Not quite the case as we expected, I don't know, a month or so ago, but here we are. Moving still, though, from COVID to confidence is an important thing for us, having confidence in our God even through this time of pandemic. So it was probably about April of 2020, after the initial question marks had popped up and some suggestions had been made about what we should do, sheltering in place, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Washing our hands was last week's message. Then came social distance. I don't know that those were words that were put together in a, I don't know, a a part of our vocabulary. It's not really a word. It's not a phrase. I don't know what you call that. A term for keeping back away from people a little bit. And we remember how that rolled out, right? remember going to various places and there would be spots on the floor, roughly six feet apart, right? I remember going to um, a store. It was a fairly large store. Uh, This was last year, probably in the summertime, and there were arrows at the end of each aisle. So every aisle was one way with the idea that that way people didn't even have to pass each other. Um, So you could get to the aisle and then you just wait for the person who was looking for something to move. And then you could go to that, you could move that direction. Right? We, want, we needed to keep separate. We needed to stand apart from one another. Events would happen with fewer people or with zero people in attendance. Now the Olympics are happening and there are no fans in the stands. So the cauldron was lit and there was no roar of the crowd Did you miss it? We did. It's different. It's been an adjustment in our lives. And along the way, I remember hearing the ironic soundtrack for this time in our lives. And a song from the police from like the 1980s probably, Don't Stand So Close to Me, was there. Now, some of you are humming that song in your head, don't stand so, don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. Now, the truth is everyone needs some alone time. We, we need some time to get away, and there's a Chicago song, hard to say I'm sorry. Everyone, everybody needs a little time of away. I heard her say from each other is how it begins. So I just interrupted the police to put another song in your head, We do. We need that. We need some time alone. Not just the introverts need that. I remember seeing a funny meme as we were entering into this time of social distancing, and it showed a uh, a person. The picture was a person standing looking out a picture window, and the caption on it was, call your your extra uh, friends. They're not okay. Um, 
because as we social distance, maybe that's harder for extroverts. But we all need some time to think, to create, to dream by ourselves. There's a book, it's helpful for relationships, called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Maybe uh, several people are familiar with that one. came out quite a long time ago now. I remember um, Paula and I read it probably, I think before we got married, we read that book. And uh, it's really helpful. It describes how men are and how women are in a pretty accurate way, at least for the two of us, it applies a lot. And it says, men need time in the cave. Now, not many of us have actual caves, so what do we have? The man cave, or the garage, or if you're so fortunate, a basement. I don't know how many people have basements here, not too many. I remember having a basement in the house that we had in Ohio, and it was, and it was my space mostly. There were tools in the basement. So I could go there and I could cut wood, get back to being, you know, the animal man, right? It's helpful for men to go in the cave and to get away from, um, from everything, from other people, from life, from whatever. And it's not just men that need that, though, right? I don't know what you call it for a woman, she shed or whatever it is that, um, that a woman would have for getting away. Because we all need that. We all need some time. Even Jesus went away by himself to pray, to rest, to take some time away from the crowds. Right? It's helpful. Not only do we need alone time, but everyone has a personal bubble. You know the personal bubble, right? The, 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 t- the space that we want around ourselves so that we just feel comfortable. What, how big is your personal bubble? Is it, is it big or is it small? I did something for today that I haven't done for quite a while, which is put some pictures together to support this. So here's an image that I found of personal bubble, of what it looks like. And according to therapysource.com, there are levels of comfort. In an intimate relationship where we would have very close contact or hugging or whispering, that personal bubble is from zero to 18 inches, right? To get closer than that, you have to be in the intimate relationship category. Then there's the personal space, 18 inches, and to this website said to four feet, which is reserved for family and close friends. And then there's social, which is from four feet to 10 feet which seems enormous to me. And then the public beyond that. I read that and I thought of my first experience when we moved here when I went to the Great Mall. And we came from Oklahoma where there was space. And people had bigger personal bubbles than we experienced when we got here. And Drew was still small, so we were pushing him in the stroller at Great Mall And I just felt like there were people everywhere, so close. It was so very different. I did a personal bubble was like, I felt like people were invading my bubble because maybe it was this wide. So then we enter this time of social distancing and I'm like, wow, I got my bubble back. What's going to happen when this is over with and people are going to be back in my bubble again? 
I don't know. How do you react when someone stands too close? There was an episode of Seinfeld, um, if you remember it, where there was a guy who was a, they called him the close talker. And, and he got like this close to Jerry's face and was talking to him like right here. Like in the intimate, whatever that was called. Um, yeah, the intimate range. And it was guy, he didn't know that well. You ever had that happen? Have you known the close talker? The person who you just feel like, and, and then you step back, right? Then you end up in the corner. Like, I, I can't go anywhere now. How did I get here? It can be hard. Sometimes we feel that sense of panic. So along comes coronavirus and COVID-19, and there were products that were inspired by this time that we live in. And this is one that I found um, for uh, emphasizing the personal bubble. I don't think this was ever in production. Um, it's called the Bubble Shield, and it's um, got a battery pack, and it's inflatable, and then it's like solar-powered, so the top that looks like um, those flower diamond things, that's like little solar panels. This was an idea. This was a concept, I think that came um, to you know, emphasizing that and, and protecting oneself with filtered air being pumped into the bubble. So I found that online uh, at a, another website. This is called designboom.com. And I read some comments on that one, and it said, how could you do this with your, you can't get your arms out, you know. Hey, can someone tie my shoe, right? So that was one of the comments that was there. There was another one. The chill out chair. The park bench for one. Designed by a Japanese designer, this actually was um, displayed in 2019. So pre-social distancing, this product came out. The idea of you know, relaxing but you don't have to share it, I guess. I don't know. Um, you know, the close talker can't sit right next to you on the chill-out chair, but you can still have that park bench kind of feeling. Even pre-COVID, we worked in cubicles. We would drive ourselves by ourselves, pull into our garages, go into our backyards with our stockade fencing around. So in a lot of ways, we were prepared for this time. As a culture, we've gotten pretty good at isolation and separation. But this whole time isn't just about social distancing and, and, and keeping space between ourselves and another person because Genesis 2, verse 18 says, it is not good for man to be alone. Those words were spoken at creation. Genesis 2 talks about the intimate way that man and woman were created. Man formed from the dirt and then names all the animals and no suitable helper was found. It's not good for man to be alone. It's good for a short time, but not for a long time. We were created for relationship. We were made to be together, to be part of a family, to have connections 
intimate connections, people whom we can trust to get into that 0 to 18-inch space, people that we share life with, and friends and colleagues and neighbors and acquaintances building out that, those levels of bubble. We're not made to be separated from one another at a minimum of six feet. We're made for connectedness and two-dimensional on-screen connections aren't quite the same, are they? I mean, there's something really great about being able to attend meetings through the technology and to have people who've joined us on worship right now through that connection. That's fantastic but it isn't quite the same. We're not made to be in our little boxes with just screens around us interacting with the world through technology only and keeping everyone at a distance so that we feel safe and comfortable. The message, though, is not just about COVID-related isolation. It's, it's about our spiritual life as well, and it's sin that creates separation. Long before COVID-19 was a thing, it was sin that created separation from people. Intimacy that's gotten broken because of past hurts. Relationships that are difficult because of broken trust, of hurtful actions. And so sometimes we get pretty good at keeping people at an arm's length, not just physically but emotionally, relationally. And maybe people could get physically close to us but never really break in. Have you been there? Have you carried that pain of the past that's led to those kinds of problems? We all do to a certain extent. We all have pasts. We all have burdens. We all have hurts and scars that lead to separation and to separateness, to isolating. We get pretty good at it. We get comfortable in an aloneness, in an isolation. Worse than that is a separation from God. And today in our Bible class, we're going to reach the fall, talking about the fall into sin and what happens in Genesis chapter 3 and what that all means. What it means is that everything changed. Genesis 3, in verse 8, this is after they have eaten the fruit and fallen into that temptation and broken the one command that God had given. And verse 8 says this, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And we get the impression from that verse that this is not the first time that they would have heard that sound. This is not the first time that the Lord God was walking around in the garden. And we get the impression that this is something that they probably experienced, this side-by-side -side walking and talking and hanging out with God in the garden. They had God's presence, but because of sin, they hid. And in verse 9 of Genesis chapter 3, God asks this question, Where are you? Where are you? Because the... The separation had happened. 
the void now between God and man was, was put there because of sin. And, and so there's a separation between God and us because we inherit that relationship. But God wasn't finished with people yet. He desired a restoration, and so God became one of us. God became man. The incarnation is more than a Christmas story. Not just something to remember when we get to Advent season and we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us, and so God desiring to be with us came to be among us. And we can celebrate that all the time. Philippians chapter 2 says that God emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And it goes on in verse 8. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. God came to us in Jesus, desiring to be close to us, and we couldn't make the trip. So he had to come to us, and he still comes to us. In his word, in a sacrament, he comes to us in a spiritual way, in a physical way, in a tangible way today. Through the bread and wine, we receive our Lord. He comes to us, and so we can come to him and receive love and forgiveness and restoration. Because Jesus repaired our relationship with God. That brokenness, that separation is repaired by the cross. Paul writes these words in Colossians chapter 1. You, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. He came to rescue and to redeem us by his death. The one who was far off, who was transcendent, became man and was crucified for us as we confessed in the creed so that we can receive reconciliation, grace, and forgiveness and be reconnected with God. And so we carry that message to the world, to a world that's really good at isolating, really good at separating, and lately really good at distancing. But to that world, we carry this message because we've been entrusted with the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, the good news that there is forgiveness and love in Christ, and that we are not alone. One more song to put into your head. Um, probably two more. All the lonely people. You know, Eleanor Rigby and Father Mackenzie. And name a name, right? All the lonely people who need a message of reconciliation with our God, who need a message of hope 
and forgiveness and life because it gives and brings life to us. So get a little closer. Now you have a commercial from like 1982. Maybe. How many have it? Get a little closer. Now don't be shy. Remember that one? Okay. A few. That was an antiperspirant commercial. All these jingles are stuck in my head. So for arid extra dry. So you can Google it later. There's a few versions of it um, on YouTube. So you can remember and sing along. Yeah. Get a little closer in order to share the message. Get a little closer to bring hope and restoration. Get a little closer to people who have need. The gospel reading we heard today, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, it's the lawyer who stands up and asks, what do I need to do? Well, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two real basic commands of the Lord. Well, who's my neighbor, he asks. And then Jesus tells the story about the man who was robbed and beaten and left. And who's the one who's his neighbor? The one who showed him mercy, the one who got a little closer, the one who was willing to get his hands dirty to help him. Get a little closer. Maybe you won't see someone robbed and beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. Hopefully not. But there are people to whom we can draw closer. Our neighbors. Even people in our families. Even maybe people in our houses to whom we can draw closer in order to earn the opportunity to share this hope that we have. Certainly there are people in our lives. Because even though we feel isolated and alone, we're not. People in our lives who need the grace of Jesus. People in our lives who need the reconciliation. People in our lives who need to know that they're not alone. That there's someone who cares. Someone who loves. We love and we care, but the one they really need to know is Jesus. 